0: Uh, One of my favorite passages out of Jeremiah is the scripture that says, If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, how then will you compete with the horses? And so that's, (laughs) and because that challenges me every time I I read it, that's the direction that I wanted to go this morning. But um, I kind of feel like God's taking it in a different direction. So I want to go where he's going. What about you? I don't really want to go where I want to go without him going before me. So we want to to follow after his heart. Um, And everything has lined up this morning from Pastor Bruce's prayer uh, as the pastors were praying together this morning to the songs that we've sang. Uh, God has just used it to confirm in my spirit that he has a word for us this morning, that he has a direction for us this morning, all of us together. So let's stand up and get into the word of God. And I would like to introduce you to the King James Version of the Bible. (laughs) I know, but it's so poetic. I mean, truly, the King James Version, I'm like, huh, Verily, it is. Uh, But I just, when I open it, sometimes it's like I raise my head, when I raise my head from the page, I feel like just drenched in his goodness. So let's read the word. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Ah, Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Father God. It is water to us. It is life to us and for all who are thirsty today and for all of those who need you to breathe over their lives today, God, to refresh them. Father, I pray that they come under your word, not mine. God, I pray, Father God, that your word accomplish everything that it has been sent to do this this morning. And I thank you, Father, that there is transition in the house. I thank you that there is a yes in this house this morning, God. And so, Father, we line up with you. We amen what you are about to do this morning. We bless you and we thank you, God. Let my stuff fall in your stand. Produce fruit, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I get so excited. Every single time I get up to teach, every time we have someone to teach about, I was sharing with Pastor (laughs) Ronnie, they're always my favorite. Whoever it is that I'm I'm speaking on that week, uh, I love, and and they're just always my favorite. And pretty much every scripture that he awakens in my heart is now my favorite. (laughs) So it just continues because that's the way God is. Everything is excellent. Everything is good in him. Everything is uh, alive and active. And, and of course, it's our favorite because it feeds us. It brings us life. And I love his word. So he's my favorite uh, this week. He's my favorite. I love that he was the weeping prophet. I love that he had a hard, hard message to deliver, but he was willing to do it because He loved the people. He was willing to do it because he loved God. And he was willing to allow his heart to break in order to fulfill the calling of God. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. That is not exactly what we would choose. Um, Lord, you know, when we say, God, use me, send me where you would send me, we have a whole different thing in mind. You ever notice that? The ministries that we would choose for ourselves are not necessarily what... um, God would choose for us. And see, that's the kicker. God gets to choose. God is the one who chooses our calling. And so it's not always the one that we think. And so we spend our life pursuing a calling or something we think that God has called us to do that it's really just something that we want to do and we're not finding fruit in it. (laughs) This is going to be so much fun. (laughs) We're not finding fruit in it because it's the calling that they had that looked really good and we wanted a piece of. But it's not the calling that God has for us. See, God gets to choose, and what a marvelous thing it is that he does, that he gets to choose our calling, that he gets to choose this. And I, I always, when I get ready to teach, I always say, Okay, God, I understand in part, what you're saying in your word, but God, what are you saying to us today with this word? How are you translating that into our lives? God, why am I bringing this message today? And I, and the, the thing that was in my spirit was God was just saying, I need some that are willing to accept a hard calling. I need some who are willing to step into a hard place in order to fulfill the calling because God loves god didn 't put Jeremiah through what he put Jeremiah through because he was testing Jeremiah. that might have been that much of what was going on with Jeremiah. God did with Jeremiah what he did because God loved the people so much. He searched out a man who was willing to bring a word that might bring correction, that might draw his people back to him because he loved them. Even the hard things that God calls us to do we're called to do out of God's love for his people. And so I just uh, believe that that was something that the Lord just dropped in my spirit was, um, will you accept a hard assignment? Will you accept, (laughs) like a show of hands. (laughs) Will you accept a hard assignment? Because see, we love to talk about David's dance. We love to talk about Joshua taking down the walls of Jericho. We love to talk about Miriam and her tambourine. Joseph and his dreams. But what about the tenacity? What about the bulldog? (laughs) Go bulldogs this week, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) They just thought they were the blaze. Anyway, um, the tenacity, the bulldog tenacity that it takes to hear the word of the Lord and do the word of the Lord, to do what he tells you to do. Not one time. We can all usually muster up the strength to obey God once in our life, even if it's tough, but to repeatedly obey. Over and over and over, Jeremiah got up in the morning and said, "Yes, God, what do you have to say today? Oh, okay <laughs> i don't really believe he did that. I think one of the past, one of the things that Eugene Peterson says about jeremiah he said Jeremiah got up repeatedly, day after day after day, a hard obedience. And he did not do it uh, drudgingly. Every morning he woke up and he did the same thing as if in an encore. With all the exuberance of an encore, yes, God, I will obey you again. Yes, I know they're going to throw rocks at me, but thank you very much. I mean, with all the exuberance of going, this is what God has called me to do. And I love that. I loved that. God chose. God chose. And see, sometimes because we've kind of had a we've had a season of teaching in the church, not not this church, but we've had a a season of teaching in the church at large that has gotten everybody with the click words of destiny, destiny, calling, passion. Those are the click words that, that grab hold of us and and implant in us the idea that we have a calling that is so great that every eye in the nation is going to be turned toward us as we deliver and we shine and And we've painted pictures of callings that are not what God needs. And so because we've not been taught that you might have to do something hard, we're still waiting for rose petals to fall from the ceiling and anoint our heads and send us out into a calling to where everyone will just follow behind us beautifully. What if they run from you? Not that that's ever happened to me. Boy, tell you, sometimes Pastor Ronnie was talking about going down the aisles at Walmart and people going around the other way. I'm the one they run from, you know. I'm like, like, hey, hey, (laughs) I just must have been them. But God gets to choose, and what a wonderful thing that it is that He gets to choose. Now, see, why am I doing this? This is so. This is why this is important. I believe this body has a teaching calling. I believe that this body is called to set an example in a lot of different areas. And we can't teach if we have no teachers. We can't be the example if we're still trying to to learn how to walk this out. We need teachers. We need prophets. We need evangelists. We need everybody to be functioning in the role that they've been called to function in because there is a hurting world that God is calling us to. A hurting, broken world, a broken group of people on the planet that we're not exactly going to be thrilled to encounter. We have the love of God on the inside of us, and we are listening for His voice every morning to determine what it is that He would have us do that day. This day, what will you do? God gets to choose. And I see the wonderful thing about this. The wonderful thing about this is that once we begin to function that way, there are no limits. There are no limits. So I begin to look at the life of Jeremiah. And though it's just an example, I just want to present to you something, an example that I saw in his life that just may help you. It helped me. And it was in the very first chapter. It's what we had just read here. And I want to use his life as an example to maybe get some of us unstuck where we are. Because, as I said before, a lot of you know you're called. A lot of you know... That, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But there's this little bridge that we need to cross in order to step into that, those anointings and those callings. And I just want to present it to you not as a concrete, this is what God is going to do in your life. This is an example of what he did in Jeremiah's life that just might cause us to examine our lives a little bit closer. And I want to talk to you about four things that he did in that passage of Scripture we have to become. Hebrews 5.11 says we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because we are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word over and over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use. Constant use. Our gifts, our these the callings in our life are trained by constant use. Constant use. And see, we're waiting on a gift and an anointing and a calling and an equipping that is so great that, that somehow we think when we step into it the very first time, we're going to be great at it. I can't, I, I don't want to teach until I'm fully prepared to teach. I don't want to do this until I, until I've had every class that I can possibly have on that. I don't want to sing until I can really sing, but you're trained through constant use. We're trained by constant use. We got to start doing. We've got to start moving into that, uh, that place. And, and this is the progression I see from that passage of scripture in Jeremiah. This is the way that, that he called Jeremiah. And I just want to look at it in our our lives. Four things. I want to talk to you about your sanctification because it's when you're set apart listen to this. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Your sanctification, that is you being set apart with a purpose. That's what Pastor Bruce prayed this morning. You, before you ever took a breath on this planet, were sanctified and set apart by God for his purposes. Every single one of us, I believe that. I don't believe there's one person in this room who God doesn't have a purpose for. And he, it says that he, Yada, he knew you. He, he observed you. He knew your ways. He, he, um, recognized you. He, or he saw who you were. And he sanctified you and set you apart for his purposes. You hadn't even done anything yet and you've already been called. The second thing it says that he did, he ordained him. That 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 particular word is called Nathan. Nathan, and that means he equipped you. He knew you. He yada, he knew you. He recognized all that you were, and because he saw you for who you are, he set you apart for his purposes. He had a holy call. It said he called you holy. He called you holy. Um, He set you apart for that purpose. And then it says he ordained Jeremiah. Before Jeremiah ever took a step on the planet, he was ordained. He was equipped. He was given what he needed. And my very favorite part of that particular definition is he was chosen, but not yet installed. And many of us are standing in that position, chosen, but not yet installed. Now, I love the beauty of this is that God gives us such a head start here. It's not like finally we think, okay, we love God. And now I've got to work on getting a calling and being ordained. And gosh, I've got so much ground to make up. No, you came in way ahead of the game. You came in having been sanctified and set apart by God, known by Him and ordained and called according to His purpose. You have everything according to Scripture. You have everything you need that pertains to life and godliness on this planet. He already gave it to you. It's in there, and you know it's in there. And you know it's in there. And so God already gave you this th- these things. kadash, set apart with purpose set apart for him, and then chosen and not yet installed. I love that because that tells me that in God's eyes, it's a done deal. In God's eyes, he has already given you what you need to cross this line, to step across this. But here's what Je- Jeremiah does. And I thought, God, that is so typical of us because the very next thing after God tells him that, I have ordained you, he says, um, the se- second scripture, he says, I'll give it to you. He begins to tell him, but I can't speak. I'm too young. And he begins to give his excuse. And see, God did not, the words did not come out of God's mouth. Now you have been appointed. He didn't set him until he dealt with his excuses. He dealt with his legitimate weaknesses. And he dealt with his fears. And see, that's where we get stuck. Don't you think? We know we have a calling. We know that God wants to use us in our life. But we start, begin to make our excuses. But, 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 but God, um, but but God, I can't speak. And we begin to compare ourselves. Because when you say I can't speak, the real thing you're saying is not like them. I can't speak not like Pastor Ronnie speaks. I can't, I can't, and we begin to compare ourselves, and we go, but, but I can't, and he might have had a legitimate issue with being able to speak, but he had a very big God. See, some of us have legitimate weaknesses, but we have a very big God, and he says, and and I'm, and I'm too young. What does that translate to, but I don't have the experience that they have. I can't talk like they talk. I don't have the experience that they have, so how could you possibly use me? And then I love it because not only does God deal with what Jeremiah says, he deals with what Jeremiah didn't say. Because God comes, steps in and he says, okay, okay, I hear you, Jeremiah. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take and I'm going to touch your mouth and I'm going to put my word in it. Okay, I'm going I'm to touch your mouth. But the first thing he says is do not say, do not say. That I cannot speak do not say I am too young some of us have got a hush some of us we have been saying for so long all of the reasons we can't fulfill God's calling we have said out loud but I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this and a lot of times we say we can't because of yesterday I'm unqualified God because of everything that I've done in in the last 20 years God I'm not qualified. God didn't ordain you God didn't sanctify you based on the life that you are going to live. He did it based on what he saw in you. And God still sees in you those things that ca- caused him to call you. So he says, "Do not say, do not say you're too young. Do not say that you can't speak. Don't don't take away from what God has already done." And then he says, "I love that God all he'll God always brings correction, then he'll bring instruction." Then he brings promise. Have you ever noticed that? Correction, instruction, how to come out of it, even when he's correcting the nation of Israel. You know, he'll correct them. He'll give them instruction as to come out, how to come out, and then he'll say, and if you do this, this is what's going to happen. That's a lot of times when I have correction in my life. That's how I know if it's God or, or condemnation or whatever. I know because God gives a promise behind correction, you know, and you can recognize that. And so that's what he does he takes him and he says, okay, now in or- the, the speaking thing you have an issue with, you're going to go, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And if you're not going to go with his words in your mouth, well, I'll go anyway. We have enough entertainers. Um, go with the word of the Lord. And if it's his word, then what are you going to worry about? What have you got to worry about if it's God's word? God's word does not return void, but accomplishes everything that he sends it to do. And if you're worried, I'll just, I love that God addresses that. And he says, he addresses what Jeremiah says, like I said, his weakness, and he addresses the, um, his concerns, but then he addresses something that Jeremiah didn't say. He said, and do not fear their faces because to me, that's God going. And I see what you're afraid of right there in your heart. I'm going to address that too. Don't be afraid of their faces. Jeremiah must have been just a little bit concerned about what they were going to think. And a lot of us get stuck there. What if I, if I do what you've asked me to do? How is everybody going to look at me? What are they going to think? Because we can't stand that. We can't stand disapproval in the eyes of somebody. We can't stand disappointment. We can't stand a look. You can look at somebody's Face and by the set of their eyebrows, tell if they're judging you. Have you noticed that God has given us such expressive features, which makes it really difficult sometimes to stand up here. Um, <laughs> but God said that he would deliver me. Um, and that's what he tells Jeremiah, do not fear their faces because I will deliver you. And the, the, the I'm like, oh, God, there's always a catch. He he doesn't say how I will deliver you from. The context is continual, which means I will deliver you through. Which means you might have to look at their faces and allow them to disapprove. And they're not going to like what you say, but I'm going to walk you through and I'm going to be with you on the other side of it. And see, when God does that in your life, when God deals with your excuses, and we all have them, God deals with our weaknesses, we all have them, and deals with the fears that the enemy has given us about what he's called us to do. When God puts those things to rest, when you allow him to put those things to rest, then you transition into your appointment. And see, a lot of us are frustrated and, and angry and restless in searching cabinets and refrigerators and, and making our lives so busy we don't have time to think because... We know that we're stuck right there. We're, we're stuck right there. We know that we're called, but we don't know what to do. We don't know what he's going to ask us to do. And so we stop there and see what Jeremiah needed was a word. And what you need is a word. And what you have is the word. Jeremiah didn't have the pages of the New Testament to scan. Jeremiah didn't have all of the promises that we have. Jeremiah didn't have all that, but he had somewhere to stand because God had spoken to him. And I just want to encourage you. You got to listen to God. You have got to hear from God. Two things that were in my spirit. God said, tell them, tell them that they need to, to. If you want to transition from knowing that you're called to walking in your appointment, you have got to get on your face and hear him. You have got to hear his voice. You can't hear me tell you what your calling is. You can't hear me give you the promises that you can stand on for the rest of your life. But God can. God has a word for you. God wants to speak to you and give you a place to stand. And once he does that, that's the beautiful part. That's the wonderful part. And see, I just, I, I just love how God does this. Jeremiah makes his excuses, does this, and then he steps over into his appointment. According to that scripture, it says, I have set thee over nations. That literally means I have charged you with the care of. And listen to this. This is just so cool. Y'all don't like the Bible, the, I'm sorry, nuances. God just puts these little nuggets in there if we just stop for a minute. Jeremiah's name literally means whom the Lord has appointed. So until God dealt with his weaknesses, his excuses, and his fears, he did not step fully into his name. He did not fully become who he was called to be until he stepped into that, whom the Lord has appointed and he received his appointment. And a lot of times we don't take that step into appointment because we want God to lay out all of the pieces so we know that what happens once we take that step, then what? But the thing is, is you never know what a job entails until you're walking in the position. When you took your job at work, did the job description really aptly describe it? Did it mention taking out the trash? I mean, I'm serious. Until you are installed in a position, you don't know what it's going to be. All you know is what the title is. And see, but once you receive the the appointment, then God begins to lay out the assignment. You can't get your assignment until you have your appointment. That's what happens with Jeremiah. He was set apart, called of God, ordained, given what he needed. God dealt with his excuses, and then he sent him and charged him with the care of nations. Now, see, that's one of our kickers, too. Being sanctified and being ordained, those are inflow. Those are something God poured on us. Being appointed and assigned, now we got to do something. we got to take responsibility. I have set thee over nations. Oh, my goodness. I have set thee in charge of nations. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be in charge of my household. I don't want to watch my kids. You know, I, I, the, the the small things, God, that I am in charge of, I don't really do such a great job at. And you want to sit and see? We got to get past that because this is something spirit. Now we we we're such consumers by nature. Have you noticed this? Uh, we will set we will as long as we are being led by what feels good to us, we will consume and consume and consume and buy till it kills us. And the same thing sometimes we will. Eat of the word and eat of the word. Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And then God says, Well, why don't you start giving them some food? And we're like, No, I haven't had enough. Are you kidding me? Oh Jesus. We're such consumers. And we're supposed and making that transition to walking in our appointment in our calling, we all of a sudden begin to pour. And it is blessed and it is wonderful and it is painful and it is hard. And you have to walk some places you don't want to walk. I don't like going to the hospital. Isn't that what you said the other day? Maybe it's hard because I want to fix it. You know, I've got to, I've got to, I want to fix it. I want to, I want to go in the room and I want them to be healed and I want them to be comforted. And I I don't want to. To feel the pain that you feel when you walk through those places, but that is a God appointment. That is a God appointment. And what God does right here, and I'm going to, I'll get on with it. I love what he tells him. when, when Jeremiah receives his, his appointment, guys, let God deal with your stuff so you can get your appointment. Cause you want some details filled in, don't you? God fills in the details once you go, okay, okay, this is your calling. This is what you're called. Okay, God. And we submit and give God our yes. And then he tells, he clarifies it for Jeremiah. He says, okay, this is what you're going to do. You have now been set over nations. And you are going to nethash, nethat, evad, harash, banan, nata, and kara. Wouldn't that be fun? That's what he tells him. He says, this is what you're going to do. He gives him seven things. This this is what you're going to do. You are going to root up. And you are going to pull down and you are going to destroy and you are going to throw down and you are going to build and you are going to plant and you are going to proclaim what I say. Kind of specific, isn't it? Now he knows what the calling of a prophet is going to require of him. And not only does he know what the calling of a prophet is going to require of him. My very favorite part of this whole thing is verse 11. It's because God says you are going to pull up. Or root up, pull down, destroy, <laughs> throw down, build, plant, and proclaim. And the next words out of God's mouth are, Shh, "Jeremiah, tell me what you see." He puts an immediate demand on the gift. Immediate. Some of us are closer to we're closer to our calling twenty years ago than we are now, because we had more faith then. Now we got more religion man that's sad some of you believed God early in your walk with him you believed him when he said you know what I'm going to use you lives are going to be changed because of the words I'm going to give you you have a gift of healing God spoke to you and you knew that God had called you but that was 20 years ago and and your your Procrastination and your excuses and your fears have talked you out of God's calling. But it is never too late. Never too late. And so God says, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? And I just ask you, if God were to put an immediate demand on your gift, what do you see? What do you see? Because God's you are called according to his purposes. You have been given everything that you need to do this thing. You have what you need. Stop saying you can't. Understand that God. this is God's anointing. This is what God has given you. This isn't anything a man can equip you in. God has given you this. Will you carry his word? Will you walk in his anointing? And see, that's what Jeremiah had to, to come to find. Four things he had to do. He had to stop saying the negative. And if that's you, you've got to stop saying you can't. You've got to stop listing the reasons that you can't be what God called you to be. He had to believe God's word. He had to believe what God had said to him. When God said, I will put my word in your mouth. You will go where I tell you to go. And you will say what I tell you to say. And that gave him somewhere to stand. And when God said, um, do not fear their faces. Guys, don't be afraid of what man can do to you. Don't be afraid of, of how men can treat you or judge you. And, and men, when I say men, I mean mankind. I mean women too, because man, we can be vicious. I mean, truly, we can. And don't fear man. Carry the word of the Lord. Carry his anointing. And why does it matter? Why does it matter? Because God loves his people. Because God cares about his people. And there are still those sitting beside us, walking among us, and outside these rooms that don't know him, that, that have no hope, have no hope. And see, we're supposed to bring that. And if hope comes in the form of a hard word, we've got to be de- willing to deliver that. I I just get so tickled because I told God, God, I really wanted the horse message. I had a nice video clip, horses running through snow. It was beautiful. You would have so loved it. It was great. But this is the message. And the message is what the message is, whether we choose to deliver it or not. I, and I, my prayer, truly, I said, God, please never let me be anything more than a messenger. I never want to be anything more than a messenger, ever. And in dealing with some things this week, I said, God, I was just kind of praying, and I said, God, I was having just having a moment where there were just there were just a lot of needs around. A lot of, of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of good things and bad things, a lot of stuff going on. And I just said, God, where are the prophets? God, where are the ones who will sit before you and hear your voice? Who are the one, Where are the prophets that will echo God? Not make up their stuff, but who will echo what God says? Where are the prophets who will do that? God, where are the teachers who are going to stand up and, and proclaim who you are? God, where are the pastors, those that are going to love on your people faithfully? Where are they? God, where are the evangelists, the ones that are going to have a burden for the lost, that are going to go out and and spend their time traveling and and confronting sin and, and bringing the message of repentance? And God, where are the apostles, those who are building up the churches, building up places of worship? I said, God, where are they? And what hit my spirit was they're in the pews. They're in the pews. They are us. That is who all of us are called. We're called. God has, has, and this isn't about how great we are. This is about how big his love is that he would send what is needed into the earth in the form of a, a, the weak flesh of a man and a woman. And so I just ask you, where are you today? Do you understand that you have been sanctified? You have been ordained. You have an appointment awaiting and an assignment to complete. It is time to begin to do what God has put into action. Everything that God has given us. Amen? Can we stand? I know that we can, but will we? (sighs) Is Jeffrey in here? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. Can we just We open our hearts to you, oh God And do what only you can do Oh, Father, we'll go where you call us to go We'll say what you want us to say only you, oh God. Only you will... If you just want to sing him for just a minute, I'm just going to sing for just a minute. If you want to find a place and pray for just a minute to get direction from him, that would be great. If not, we're just going to lift our song to him. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you send your word, God. Father, and for everyone, there's some that stand in a valley of decision right now, God. There are those that in this room, God, going, I need a word from you. God, I need you to show me that I need you just to confirm, God, that you have called me. And so, Father, I speak confirmation to them in the name of Jesus. Father, that they would grab hold of you for that purpose that you've taken hold of them today, God. I pray, Father, that they would not say that they cannot they would not say that they are too young, but Father God, that they would grab hold of you and God, go wherever you send me, I will go. Whatever you would have me say, I will say, God, allow me the privilege of fulfilling my calling in the earth.